0: western bacon cheese burger cheese bacon western bacon cheese burger i'm talking carl junior pick it up western bacon cheese burger carl junior pick it up
1: Live from Lane County, Oregon, it's the Bo's No Show, with your host, West Lane County Commissioner, Jay Boltevich, and now, here's
0: Jay. Hello. Good afternoon, and it's another beautiful day in the Pacific Northwest. And you're listening to the Bose Nose Show, and I'm your host, Lane County Commissioner Jay Bozovich, and we're coming to you live from beautiful downtown Elmira, Oregon, and uh, just drop-dead gorgeous outside, clear blue skies, 85 degrees, low humidity, just one of those drop-dead gorgeous days, and a great day for the start of the Lane County Fair. Yeah, I've got fair on the brain, because last week was the Oregon Country Fair last Friday through Sunday, and today starts the Lane County Fair this Wednesday through Sunday, and uh, so fairs all around. But the big news out here is my new puppy, Louie. I got to meet him last night. What a cutie pie. So if you want to see a puppy picture, go to my personal Facebook page. Just look up Jay Bozovich on Facebook, and you'll be able to find me, and you can see a picture of Louie there. What a cutie. All three and a half weeks old. So, yeah, that's that's the big news for me. So nothing and much else is going on in the world besides puppy. He's so fuzzy. <laughs> um, but, no, really, there's a lot going on in the world. You know, we can talk about all sorts of things here on the Bo's Nose Show. You know, Florence is getting ready to celebrate 125 years uh, next Friday. And uh, they're growing putting in new sewer lines on Highway 101 and all sorts of stuff there. Uh, We can talk about how uh, they're trying to decide whether they have to haze the cormorants and the this year because there are too many of them and they're going after the, uh, uh, the indigenous wildlife like the protected salmon and a few other things. Or about Dune City passing marijuana regulations. Or we can talk about you know, the new uh, principal of Triangle Lake Charter School up in, in Blatchley, or we can talk about the, the connection between Elmira High School and the Lane County Fair this year. Did you know that Night Ranger is one of the bands playing at the Lane County Fair this year? And everyone's like, uh, who the heck's Night Ranger? So if you remember back to 1984, they their, their big hit that made number five on the billboard charts in 1984 was sister christian and you and you kind of might not remember that song but you know there were some lyrics in it about you know
1: your are motoring
0: what's your price for flight and finding mr right does that start remembering that well it just turns out that the drummer for night ranger is a guy by the name of kelly Kagi. And he graduated from Elmira High School right here in beautiful downtown Elmira. And he actually had a little sister named Christy who was 10 years younger than him. And as the band was touring, and he would come back sporadically as she was a teenager. He couldn't believe how fast she was growing up. And he wrote this song. Um, and it was really Sister Christy. But one of the band members kept mishearing him and thought he was saying Sister Christian. So they just changed it to that and made that the, the song. So, little connection between the Lane County Fair and Elmira High School and beautiful downtown Elmira. So, trivia trivia time, you know, someone ever asked you, you know, where, where's the drummer from for the band Night Ranger? You'll know it, it was beautiful downtown Elmira, Oregon. So... You know, the, the county fair is a great event and I'm looking forward to it. In fact, tomorrow is the uh, senior day at the county fair and the county commissioners uh, assist in hosting an event every year for seniors an ice cream social. Uh, that is just always a fun event where they, they bring all the seniors in from the assisted living facilities, et cetera, around the area. And uh, it's really open to all ages and uh, our uh, Uh, Alternative High School over at at the um, Martin Luther King um, Alternative High School that's actually a culinary school provides uh, pie and cake and usually um, Lockmead or or some other uh, dairy might provide ice cream. So there's pie and ice cream for free and anyone can walk in and get it. Any age, we don't check IDs. And it's just a a fun event where everybody just comes in and, you know, has something for free, can eat for free at the fair, which if anyone's purchased fair food, everyone knows how expensive that is. And, uh, you get to sit down and enjoy some entertainment, like uh, the local, um, Eugene men's choir sings for a while. And there's a couple other bands that play, uh, usually. And, uh, yeah, it's just kind of a fun event, and they usually have a lot of booths about health and wellness around the, the perimeter of the the Wheeler Pavilion, it's usually where it takes place. I'm not sure where they're holding it this year, uh, but it's really um, a lot of fun, and I like going there and either scooping ice cream or greeting people at the door. It's part of my job, uh, so I'll be at the Lane County Fair tomorrow from 11 to 2 at the ice at the Senior Ice Cream Social. Uh, so if you want to, it's usually either the wheel of pavilion or the exhibit building. That's real, that's right across from it. Um, and uh, come say hi to me. I'll be there most of the, most of the day. And then usually after that starts breaking up, I get my chance to walk around and eat all that, that good fair food, you know, have my, my funnel cake or elephant ear for the year. Um, and, uh, and, you know, Take in the sights and you know maybe watch a pig race or uh, you know a wiener dog race or whatever is going on on the midway. I don't know what entertainment they have this year, but they usually have something pretty good. Last year they had some motorcycle jumpers that were just freaking crazy. Uh, so come on out for Lane County Fair this year. It goes on every year. Um, pretty crazy things. And then I want to talk a little bit about the uh, Oregon Country Fair, but. Before we get into the Oregon Country Fair, because I kind of promoted that as what that was going to be the main topic today, I'm going to start a new segment on the Bose Nose Show. And uh, it's something that kind of got brought about, you know, in some of these side conversations I have with Robin, our call screener extraordinaire, which reminds me I need to give you guys the phone number to get in on the action here because in the Bose Nose Show, the audience always controls the topic. You know, I throw stuff out there, but if there's something else you want to talk about or if you want to talk about what I'm talking about, call me at six four six seven two one nine eight eight seven. Just press one and that lets Robin, my call screener and producer extraordinaire, know you want to get in on the conversation and she'll get you on, you know, get your name and get you on hold there and we'll get you on the show. Uh, again, that's six four six seven two one nine eight eight seven. Just press one. And so Robin and I usually get in some side conversations here on the Bo's No Show, and they usually involve things like the drunken architect that designed the, the lanes at um, going down uh, 6th and 7th Avenue as part of the bus rapid transit for LTD, um, or the one that laid out the, uh, the roundabouts in Glenwood, uh, and some of the other craziness that goes on in our community. So we're going to start a regular feature on the Bo's Show where I'll bring Robin in and we'll talk about what were they thinking.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. Where do we start?
0: And and Robin has the first one for today, and that's uh, something about putting rocks down on an overpass.
1: Yeah. Yeah. People may remember, I think it's about two years back when they decided to pave the overpasses on 126, 105, and... Elsewhere, where I don't know what they used, but it was like driving over a dirt road or gravel road, and it was throwing rocks like crazy. That I guess what was it, J on fifty eight or something? It got so bad that ODOT had to replace a lot of windshields.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And so they're kind of at it again. As a when I went to work this morning on one twenty six, uh, going over forty second Street, uh, traffic come the other way was spraying. Gravel like crazy on my brand new five month old windshield. That I'm trying to see how long in the, <laughs> this area, which is a challenge with uh, only two seasons, you know, winter and construction, to try and get a windshield to last for at least a year without getting a crack in it.
0: Yeah, and it just, you, you kind of got to wonder who's the bright person that that puts chip seal down on an overpass over a highway where most of the traffic's doing 65, 70 miles an hour. You know, if it's spraying into your lane, you know, coming the other direction, you think it might be spraying over the bridge railing in the other direction and down onto the highway.
1: Yeah. No kidding.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Throwing rocks off of overpasses kind of gets people arrested sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. what were they thinking
1: (laughs) exactly what the heck were they thinking i trying to save a dollar or two here and i mean if it worked out so well why did they have to keep repaving the overpass uh so often
0: yeah yeah And, and for my what were they thinking you know today's register guard has an article about the eugene city council passing a wildlife feeding ban which that makes perfect sense because uh folks kind of don't realize that feeding the wildlife, sometimes they're feeding more than just the wildlife, like rats. And some of the wildlife they're feeding is actually uh, non-indigenous and actually an invasive species. Like for some reason, people think turkeys, wild turkeys are neat, and they're actually not native to Oregon. Uh, so, so really it's about controlling rats and turkeys in, in the Eugene city limits. It also would be about controlling the deer um, but when people feed all those things, they tend to feed rats. But there is uh, a particular thing I noted in the article about Councillor en- Emily Semple, who was opposing the changes along with Betty Taylor, because she doesn't like using the stick first was first of it. She thought they ought to try and get citizens to band together to work on the problem. So she thought it'd be a great idea if the city would just buy like a whole shipping container full of wooden rat traps and distribute them for free around the city at various places, uh including just setting them out in fifty five gallon drums at shopping centers for people just come up and take the free rat trap, you know. And in addition to that, she thought it'd be a great idea if they could put out birth control for the rats. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Robin
1: But Jay, yeah, how are they gonna open those little containers?
0: I I I don't know. And and you know spin the little dial and make sure they keep track of which day they, you know, they're, they're supposed to take the pill.
1: Yeah. And what if they forget a day?
0: Yeah, yeah. I know. Good. You know, it's hard, you know, rats are pretty intelligent though.
1: Oh, that's true. Yeah. But then they, we may have to give them a calendar.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They'll have to get little rat calendars with the rat birth control.
1: Yeah. Yep. Maybe some counseling. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Good. So, yeah, I, I, you know, just stop feeding the damn wildlife and the rats will go away, too.
1: Well, there's one thing about that, that article you're referring to as a uh, uh, councilor, city councilor Chris Pryor is saying that we are overrun with turkeys. But I'm assuming he's not talking about uh, um, <coughs> City Hall. Anyways, <laughs> um, and saying that their numbers are growing out of control. But uh, they're saying that... Um, The ban applies both intentional feeding of wild animals and storing food and garbage in a way that could attract them. Of course, if you happen to have garbage sticking out and under the new ordinance, uh, if the issue is not addressed within 10 days, the city could start levying fines against violators. So, again, make sure your garbage can is closed and somebody doesn't leave it open and pick up your gum wrappers.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so... That's our. What were they thinking for this week on the Bo's Nose Show? So, you know, I have to come back next week to see what what, what were they thinking next week. Yeah. It seems like we kind of, we, we kind of come up with this pretty often. <laughs>
1: yeah, the the what actual they, conversations kind of get uh, pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah. What were they thinking? The problem usually is is they weren't thinking. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So that leads me back to my main topic for today's Bose Nose show that I promoted when I put it out on Facebook, and that is the Oregon Country Fair. And, you know, it's something that's occurred for 49 years. It's not going away, but it really is something that has a love-hate relationship out here in the Fern Ridge area where it takes place just outside of Elmira, about, you know, a mile or so west of, of beautiful downtown Elmira, and very close to the city of Benita, and uh, not quite as far out as No-Tie, but it kind of has an impact basically uh, in this entire area of West Lane, part of West Lane County. And, uh, you know, the locals that have to endure that impact every year. Um, People remember when it was really bad and not as, you know, about some things, and it changes from year to year what the impacts are. But it always does have an impact because this area only has about 8,000 permanent residents. And during fair, that just about triples because they get attendance of about 45,000 over the three days. Of course, that might not be the same people all three days, but some people it is all three days. So um, it's, it's, it's a pretty big change, you know, between the staff that come to the fair and uh, the people that come and camp and go to the fair and the hangar honors that just hang around outside the fair, um, our population of this area more or less triples, maybe even quadruples. And it creates a lot of side impacts. And Over the years, they've changed in some ways, but the last couple years, they've been the same almost every year. And they haven't really... Um, quite figured out how to deal with it, and sometimes it's not always the same bad actors that are causing problems. A couple of the problems, though, have been the same for the last several years, and that's traffic and the fact that they overload the cellular system in this area. You can't make um, a cell phone call easily during fair. Uh, Let alone, you know, even people that are close to the fair, and if they have Verizon, this year could not even get text to work. Couldn't even, you know, the, you know, couldn't dial out, couldn't receive calls, couldn't send or receive text, which is, you know, they always tell you when the circuits are overloaded, try and use text because that's a lot smaller digital file. Um, when you can't even use text, you know the system's completely swamped. And uh, that's been a consistent problem for the last several years is, is traffic backups on Highway 126. Um, Subtle road outside the fair when the fair when the campgrounds are, are moving in on Thursdays can be just insane, insanity um, and and get blocked up to the point where we couldn't even you know if we had to it'd be very difficult to get an emergency vehicle up or down that roadway if somebody needed um, an ambulance for some reason and then also a problem that's been consistent but it's been different people that have been the problem or different areas has been, um, amplified music late at night, um, to the point where people miles away from the actual, uh, source of the music have been complaining this year. I believe that the offending, um, site may have been, um, a stage in the Miss Piggy area of the country, actual country fairgrounds, um, the folks that, that's, that are allowed to stay overnight at the country fair, which is not the public. It's the uh, staff vendors and their families and volunteers that work the fair um, have their own entertainment at night sometimes. And, and uh, apparently there was some techno music at a stage there that could be heard on the South side of Bonita over three miles away on Saturday night that went until three in the morning. And that kind of lit my uh, email, Facebook messages and phone lines up a little bit uh, on Sunday and had some similar issues with drum uh, circles on Friday and, and Thursday and Friday night uh, going well past midnight, which kind of gets to, you know, and that hap- this happened last year with a different campground, had some amplified music, which pointed in a different direction. So it was different people complaining this year versus last year. Um, so, you know, that issue of, you know, amplified music and drum circles, which are basically when you get enough people together drumming, it can pretty well sound like amplified music. You know, when is the, uh, you know, when is a, uh, when is that going to really, um, when's a good cutoff time? You know, and how, how do we enforce that? and how, how, do, how do we get to a place where um, we don't have as much of the hate side of the relationship with the country fair and it stays more on the love side? Because the country fair does a lot of great things. I mean, the folks running those campgrounds that lived around there make a boatload of money uh, by letting people camp on their property. And if it's done well, and I toured one of the campgrounds today, uh, I want to appreciate uh, Heather Kent and the uh, Elkhorn Wood Campground that she runs, which is a family-oriented campground, particularly targeted toward families with children, um, where she does it right and and does things like making sure she's maintaining fire lanes properly. Uh, gets all her water sources tested within 60 days of the event because the public's going to be drinking from her wells to make sure that there's no bacteria problems and all that good stuff. Um, has has uh, showers available for the campers and, and uh, has a huge uh, barn at, at, at what looks like a little bit of an indoor riding area that she has available for the kids, she sets up a kids area and all that stuff in the shade. Yeah, you know so that kids have a place to go um really nice campground she took me on a tour of today uh really done well and i know you know people pay to be there um you know i think and they charge by the person for the whole weekend um and if you're bringing in a camping vehicle but depending on the size of the vehicle they also might charge but for the vehicle and my estimate was it's somewhere between 30 and 40 thousand dollars that that gross revenue comes in but of course she's got a lot of people helping her um, and i don't know if she pays them in some way and also um, she had to put in all the showers and you know there's a, you know her imagine her utility month bill for the month of july goes through the roof <laughs> so i'm sure she doesn't clear 30 or 40 thousand dollars but that's a lot of revenue coming into our community and it's not just the campsites. I, you know, the local dairy mart here stocks up on ice for almost an entire month leading up to it and then still sells out. Uh, you yeah. know, So everybody's making money off the fair in some ways, except for there's some businesses because of the cell phone use some of these, um, folks that work out of their house that have consulting businesses, that their cell service is their internet service. The fair shuts their business down for the weekend. And uh, one particular gentleman I know does software consulting and he does troubleshooting. So he's a 24 seven consultant. It, it's not just about, you know, taking the weekend off or something like that. Um, you know, the, 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 work he does is with, uh, CNC, um, machines software, which you know, these are manufacturing facilities that operate on shifts that work twenty four seven basically. And if that CNC machine's having troubles, it can shut a line down, you know, in a major manufacturing facility. So, you know, that's something that needs to be dealt with in the moment. And the Fair's been taking his business offline uh, for the last several years by swamping the Verizon system. Fortunately in a spot where he can't get even DSL service uh, and his only options are either satellite, which isn't reliable enough for his business, but he had actually managed to work something out with Verizon in non-fair times where he can actually um, deal with fairly large files over their, their cellular system. So um, that's just one impact of the fair, but you know, the fair does a lot of other good stuff. They have a, Uh, community foundation that's attached to the fair that's funded by the profits of the fair and they give out a lot of grants to the local schools here for art and all that and um, and to various charities in in the region and um, so it does a lot of good brings a lot of economic activity they do a lot of charitable work uh, they're doing a lot of stewardship work of the property of trying to maintain their property as much in a natural condition when it's non-fair times uh, and, and working on the uh, long-time watershed. So, they, you know, there's a lot of good the fair does. What we need to do is look at, um, you know, is that how can we make the fair work for everyone? And we not have these negative impacts on the neighbors so much so that everybody's falls in love with the fair. And, and, you know, what's a reasonable time maybe for some of the music to stop. So I understand there's a question from Facebook about, you know, whether all the camps are inspected uh, so that they're all operating like the one I mentioned. And there is a requirement now that all the camps have to have a permit from the County because it is considered a, a public campground. When you invite the public in like that, you're operating a public campground. So there is a permitting process and they do have to go through, um, an inspection from the fire department, um, every year prior to their opening to make sure they're, they're at least set up at the beginning to maintain their fire lanes and everything. And they're supposed to also get their wells, uh, inspected. and, And if they have any food vendors on site, those food vendors have to have an inspection from our, uh, um, environmental health folks and uh, everyone serving food You've got to have their food handling cards and all the good stuff um, that does happen to a certain degree there are just some that are better at some things than others uh, provide better you know on-site amenities for the campers so things stay a little bit more sane um, or uh, go beyond just the minimums You know, there's some of the campgrounds that they, yeah, they pass the inspections because they meet the minimums. Uh, A camp like Elton Woods goes beyond that, you know, providing much more in the way of um, uh, fire extinguishers out in the campground at designated spots, water buckets with burlap and all that for uh, fire suppression if something should get going. Policing their site for open flames and making sure people aren't having candles out at their tents or anything like that, or a lantern, uh, uh, you know, not a, a, a fire, you know, type lantern, a pro, gas lantern versus a um, battery run lantern. Um, so some of those things, it's just you know, there's some of the camp hosts that are a little bit above and beyond, so everybody has to be inspected. But there are those that, you know, pass the inspection, but what happens after the inspection and how well they maintain that um, level of, um, you know, meeting the regulations over the weekend sometimes is in question. And just how they run their sites. Elfinwoods works on a reservations-only process. You can't necessarily come in there um without a reservation to, in, until they've gotten everybody in that had a reservation. Um, which means they don't get a rush of people necessarily when they open. Uh, and most of their sites have shade. So it's not, you know, they because they, they, you know, by the name, it's kind of a wooded site where they cleared the underbrush out from under trees. Um, so it's a very nice site. Some of the other campgrounds, not so much. They don't take advanced registrations. It's first-come, 1st first serve, And if you get there early, you get the best, shadiest campsites. So what happens with those campsites when they open? They have a rush of people, and they can't process people into the campsite fast enough, and the traffic backs up, and it causes issues. Um, and, you know, even though we have, have sites um, – you know, give us traffic control plans up front, how well they work sometimes doesn't work so well. And this year was an example of move-in day got to be crazy. And I heard from neighbors about Subtle Road where people were, you know, staging on Subtle Road, parked half in the drive lanes and half on the shoulder in both directions, which took Subtle Road basically down to one lane wide, and traffic was stopped Going, You know, because people couldn't decide which way they were going and all that stuff, trying to get around people that were stopped on the side, shoulders. And um, if we'd had to try and get an emergency vehicle down Subtle Road on, on Thursday, which is the campsite move-in day, we wouldn't have been able to do it. Um, so that's, you know, a real concern. So those campgrounds really need to, there needs to be some kind of um, better coordination of how move-in day works. Um, next year, and, and maybe we'll be able to hold some meetings and maybe get some agreements between campsites. Maybe stagger their opening times um, amongst the campgrounds. Maybe convince some of the campgrounds that don't take reservations to start a reservation system. Um, we'll we'll see where we go, but that's one of the problems we need to work on a little bit. Is how move-in day works on Thursday. Um, and move out sometimes it gets a little crazy. It wasn't that bad this year because move out tends to be more of a trickle out. Um, not everybody at once uh, is it bad, it, although one year it got really bad because it, it, we had a thunderstorm come in on Sunday afternoon and it chased everybody out of the campgrounds because it was a, a humdinger of a thunder, thunderstorm, right? and uh, everybody seemed to want to leave at the same time. And adding mud that, that got kind of sticky for some of the people getting out of the sites, um, trailing onto some of the roadways and all that stuff got really crazy that afternoon. That that was, got I think that might have been 2009 or 2008 that that happened, but it was pretty insane um, that that time. because it just happened to make move out time be all congested as well, and then fair opening time on the first day was crazy out here you know the fair doesn't open until 11 on friday and 11 on saturday and 11 on sunday and for some reason everyone wants to get there basically when they open so they can enjoy the entire day with the with the admission price you know people don't want to show up late in the day and only get a half a day affair um, for their daily admission, uh, and. The traffic on 126 on Friday got to be insane. In fact, at one point, um, traffic was backed up all the way to the Eugene city limits, which is really quite a ways. Uh, Ten miles of bumper to bumper traffic coming out 126 is not, you know, that has impact not just on Venita residents, but that has impact on destinations beyond Vanita like the Oregon coast and uh people's you know might have been just happened to be in Eugene and uh, traveling from other states and said oh let's take a trip out to Florence and get caught in that uh, may never come back to Oregon again you know so there needs to be some changes in how traffic's managed around the country fair. but my real concern that's, you know, event traffic happens, you know, we deal with it for the University of Oregon football games can actually back up I-5 at times. Um, So, you know, you kind of deal with traffic for events and, 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 you know, traffic accidents. That's not my biggest issue. My biggest issue somewhat is the late night noise because that truly has a lot of impact on quality of life issues. And frankly, if it's loud enough to be heard with windows closed in Benita, several miles away, it's doing hearing damage to people on site. You know, I, I would wonder, you know, how people even function with that. And I saw posts from people that were actually campers, vendors, and family and volunteers on site that could not hold a conversation Saturday night because of the amplified techno EDM music that was being played uh, from Miss Piggy, I guess um, is where I've kind of zeroed down on from, from listening to the various people that, that were uh, talking about it, that that was so loud that people couldn't, you know, do acoustic jams around the campfire you know sort of you know stuff you know that happens in the campsites normally organically during fair um it just overwhelmed everything and that's just you know great you know uh, the people that post you know oh you shouldn't complain about music because the fair's you know a music event you know how can you complain about music and you know you, why'd you come come to fair if you need to sleep? And you know some of the comments were just like, yeah, you know, not really considering the fact that this guy was already trying to sleep with earplugs in and couldn't sleep. That, that made the made the comment. Um, and it you know earplugs are only good for knocking down about 10 dB uh, of, of volume. And if you're loud enough to be heard several miles away, you're probably well over 100 dB on site in front of the stage and, and earplugs are not going to be enough to actually protect your ears from more than a few minutes of exposure to that you got to get into earplugs and ear muffs, um you know to really get into the, the level of sound counseling because you're talking about jet engine style noise and, and if you if you look at some of the OSHA requirements for that it really takes um, you know when you look at what's required and if you have to work around that kind of noise and the exposure time limits for that kind of noise, people were damaging their hearing permanently, if that was how loud the, the bands were. Um, and, and, you know, once every, every year, year for three days, I know people want to party, but the party starts at 11 in the morning. And our code allows for events to go to 11 at night. You know, Lane County Code. There are. There's a. It's normally 10 o'clock, but we will allow certain gatherings under our our Lane County Code under prohibited noise are allowed to actually go to 11. You know, when they talk about sounds caused by organized athletic, religious, educational, civic, and other or other group activities, when such activities are conducted on property generally used for such purposes, including stadiums, parks, schools, athletic fields, blah 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 they're allowed to go to 11 p.m., you know, no earlier than 7 a.m. and not go past 11 p.m. So here we've got a stage that went to 3 a.m. And what's interesting is I got a hold of the Oregon Country Fair guidelines for 2018, and this is a booklet that's put out by the Fair Board for folks that are actually participating in the fair, the vendors and the volunteers. In fact, on the book, it says, please post this booklet where your crew and booth mates will see it. And in there, there's about the camping and amplified sound. And it says, during main camp, the following amplified sound timing requirements apply. Friday and Saturday ends at 3 a.m., Sunday to Thursday ends at 1 a.m. Well, that doesn't sync up with Lane County Code very well. It says 11 p.m. So they, they put out guidelines to their folks about you know, amplified partying that doesn't match what county code says. So what's reasonable? And I and am and not aware of any exception to Lane County Code that's been granted to the Oregon Country Fair. Um, I've, I'm researching it right now. I looked over their non-conforming use um, uh, compliance documents, and it doesn't mention noise uh, in those documents that I've been able to find yet. Of course, there's lots of pages of background material in that file. Um, But the question I have is, what's a reasonable time for an event like this? We know we wanna let people get their party on. The fair's a, a great event for the community in many ways, but what's reasonable for those neighbors that aren't fairgoers that just happen to be in the sound shed, you know, and, and I hear from one person that's off Evers that has young children, the kids don't sleep because of the, the noise and particularly the drumming every night. So you go, once you're on your second or third night of toddlers that aren't going to sleep <laughs> and are cranky <laughs> all day, yeah, it has an impact, you know, and how's that impact, you know, my concern also is is if there's kids there, their hearing's more susceptible to permanent damage, you know, so, you know, I, I really, you know, am concerned about that level of noise and, and where that should be cut off. So I, I'm wondering, listeners out there at the Bose Nose Show, what do you think, you know, should they be granted 3 a.m. is that is that a reasonable stop time for amplified music from the campgrounds or the country fair? Because last year it was a campground that got that caused the problem on a Friday night where they went to past 2 a.m. with loud noise. Um, so it's not just on the country fair site; it's also in the campgrounds off site. Although uh, Eltham Woods has campground rules that don't allow any amplification of music, um, it's considered a what a quiet camp. With, um, meant so kids can sleep at night. <laughs> uh, so what's a curfew for no- noise that makes a reasonable sense? Give us a call here at the Bo's Nose Show, 646-721-9887, and just press one, and, you know, that lets you get in on the show. And, you know, full disclosure, you know, I played in a rock band in in, in college and, played jazz band with amplified music. And I remember one time our jazz band, uh, conductor in high school got in front of us with a sound meter and we could push past 105 DBA anytime we wanted to. Um, (laughs) and sometimes it doesn't take amplified music to do that. I've seen, you know, brass jazz bands, you know, be able to do that with, uh, without any amplification at all. So it's, uh, You know, the drum circles can get there. So it's not just about amplified music. It's just about noise in general. But, you know, I enjoy a good live band. Um, I enjoy good music myself. You know, go to concerts, you know, been to venues with outdoor music before. Some of the wineries around here sometimes will have an outdoor music event. Uh, You know, kind of wished I could have gotten to um, Emerald Park last weekend for – the, the event they had there with, um, Oh gosh, what's the band that does the earth, wind and fire. So satin love orchestra. Um, you know, cause they, they're a great group. And I, I kind of missed that getting to see them this year. So, you know, I like a good live event. I like to get, you know, you know, have my party too, but you know, when does it, when does it impact other people too much? What's that cutoff time? Is it 11 p.m. like the lane county code allows for is it midnight should we give them 1 a.m 2 a.m 3 a.m you know or just no restrictions at all you know let them get their geek on all night long for three solid nights it's only once a year and heck it's been going on for 49 years and next year it's their 50th anniversary so if you think we were at our our population tripled this year out here in the Fern Ridge area. Next year, it's probably going to easily be quadrupled because everyone's going to want to be there for fifty. You know, so give us a call here, the Bose No Show six four six seven two one nine eight eight seven. Just press one. It lets us know you want to get in on the conversation, or you can even just um, send us a question uh, about you know on Facebook, which we got another one asking about the Verizon service and. Uh, you know, just, you know, how, why that's a problem and, and all, and it, it's interesting because I've been talking with uh, some of the fair management about this for about three years and I kind of hope that they would have dealt with it this year, but um, <clears throat> they uh, brought in temporary cell towers, but they were for AT&T and Sprint, which are the least popular providers in this area because AT&T coverage of this area is spotty at best. I, I had it for a while and got rid of it and went to Verizon because they're actually the best coverage. It actually be good that Verizon could do even better. But, you know, out of the providers out here, I find that they're the best. Um, but, you know, what they need to do is bring in um, a temporary tower during the event that's Verizon and that would help deal with the Verizon problem. But in general, there also needs to be just more cell t- towers all over rural lane county there are places in lane county where you lose uh cellular coverage i at least find with verizon that i can keep coverage in some areas where i can't make a call like i can actually get verizon coverage out of king estates and i couldn't get at&t there um i can keep my verizon coverage when i drive 126 to the coast with the exception of one area between the tunnel and um walton for about 10 miles uh in that area and then i pick it up when i get out of the tunnel through mapleton and then it gets a little scratchy um around in in the right between maple dead center between mapleton and florence don't totally lose it but I get down to one bar so verizon tends to be the best coverage of west Lane county but there there are um, could be better I do know Verizon's got plans to build some additional towers in this area. Um, So hopefully it'll continue to get better. But the problem with when you bring in all those people for an event like the country fair and you triple the population of an area. And of course, in an event like that, everybody wants to post pictures to, you know, Instagram, Snapchat, and Facebook. Um, Those are big files compared to, you know, just a telephone call or a text message, and you can really tie up the data network pretty heavily with that kind of sudden rush of usage, and it basically closed down the Verizon network to the point where I know people that live close to the fair could not make a call or or text during the fair. Yeah, you know, because that they, they just the system was so overwhelmed the Verizon system was so uh, somehow or another that needs to be mitigated uh, by the, the, fair fair board needs to figure that one out for next year. Cause it's only going to be worse with the 50th anniversary. But uh, you know, as far as I know um, if you're a Verizon customer and you're not getting really good coverage out here, you, know, you may have blind Hill or something like that, call Verizon, let them know and their engineers might come and check it out and, um, sometimes it can be high solved by a hot spot um, which you know if you've got other um, internet connection is a possibility you can set up a hot spot in your home um, to help coverage on your property uh, there's also other things they may be able to do and they, it might identify for their their engineers uh, a place where they need to look for a new tower site so the only way you get better coverage is to complain in some ways so for those of you that year-round are having issues with cellular coverage, it's, even if you're AT&T, Sprint, um, any of the others, uh, you need to call your providers about where you have problems, where where you're getting dropped calls, so they understand where their coverage is bad. And if, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. <laughs> so call them, let them know, because, you know, that that they're only going to, fix areas that people are complaining about. No one's complaining about a dead area. They assume that not many people are are users in that area. and They don't need to to make a correction for that area. So uh, call them and let them know. So that kind of covers that issue a little bit from another Facebook question. So that's, you know, so you know, there's multiple ways to, Get in on the conversation, the Bose Nose Show. It's not just about calling us at 646 721 9887. You can also submit a question through Facebook to our KRBN Internet News Talk Radio Facebook site, or you can even message me through um, my Facebook site, but it's hard for me to monitor that during the show. It's better to do the KRBN one, which Robin can monitor while she's producing the show. Also, you can get a hold of us uh, by email, and that's uh, talk at KRBN. Um, Darn it, I lost that in front of me. Uh,
1: Radio.net.
0: Radio.net. Sorry. Thank you, Robin, for jumping in there. I thought I had it in front of me. Um, But that, you know, emailing us and messaging us on Facebook, you can do that anytime during the week, even when we're not live, just to – Make a comment or ask a question, and I'll get to it on the next show. Um, and we'll see if we can answer it for you, or I may get back to you between shows if it's something that's more urgent. Um, lots of ways to get a hold of, of of the show and get in and participate in on the conversation, Facebook and all. So um, that's you know one of the ways uh, to to participate in the uh, KRBN news talk, radio, and the Boz Nose show. So, uh, I, you know, <laughs> kind of interesting, I got somebody knocking on my front door right now, which is surprising because no one ever knocks on my door, so I, I'm, you know, oh, sorry for being distracted for a moment while I uh, text my wife and tell her someone's knocking on my front door. Because um, uh, it,
1: it could be look, those pregnant rats.
0: Yeah, it, it yeah.
1: <laughs> well, we wait yeah. for Jay to take care of the uh, front door.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I was just, yeah. I was kind of like, who the heck is knocking on my like, I can't see my front door from where I do the radio show and I can't get up and walk out there because I won't be able to participate in the radio show. And this is live radio, uh, which yeah. <laughs> speaking of live radio, we, we had a fun thing happen here on the Bo's No Show as we log into blog talk, which carries our, our, KRBN station. Um, this, today, uh, turns out they lost or deleted some of our audio files for the intro and exit uh, stuff. So, uh, good thing that Robin and I log in a few minutes early so, so she could pull uh, the files up on her computer. And we were playing the intro in a non uh, standard format today. So, if it sounded a little bit different today, that's why. And that's part of live radio having to troubleshoot either in just a few minutes or in a, uh, uh, you know, very quick period of time.
1: Yeah. And uh, we're only broadcasting to, you know, worldwide. So no pressure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No pressure. So I guess uh, whoever it was stopped knocking. So they must have gone away. I'm kind of wondering who actually came through, you know, our yards entirely fenced with gates and you have to come through a gate knowing that we have three large dogs and come up to my door and knock on it. Has to be somebody pretty bold
1: or have a tennis ball.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Have a tennis ball. Yeah. You know, one of my dogs, if you have a tennis ball, she'll never attack you. Uh-huh. All she wants is to play tennis ball. So we've got about 10 minutes left of the Bo's Nose Show here, and we've been talking about the Oregon Country Fair and some of the impacts it has on the neighbors and the surrounding community, Um, some very good impacts like the charitable work it does and the economic activity it brings, and some of the not-so-good impacts like the traffic uh, the, the demand it places on cellular service to the point where Verizon customers couldn't even make calls this weekend. In fact, I heard one story about a grandparent trying to get a hold of a, a uh, daughter about her granddaughter having gotten into, into a non-injury uh, car accident and could not connect with her. You know, So it wasn't a total emergency, uh, but it was an issue about not being able to get a hold of somebody, you know, <laughs> About their kid being in a car accident um and that that that's just part of what's going on and uh you know that that's fortunately it shouldn't impact a nine one one call nine one one calls don't go through your typical provider network they 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 have a specialty sort of set aside bandwidth that that those should go through no matter what. So hopefully that nine one one calls for Verizon folks weren't impacted um, not that I know anyone that tested it this weekend um, but that should still go through but they also you know have a another impact and that's that late night noise and people's ability to sleep and and uh and just kind of enjoy a, a higher quality of life and the question for is what should be a curfew on noise from the country fair and the campgrounds around it. And uh, our code says that it should be normally 10 o'clock at night um, is our code. Uh, there are exceptions in there for events to go to 11, and uh, there's nothing much beyond that um, unless they apply for an ex- um, a variance and uh, the question is, is, you know, what variance should be provided? What leeway should be provided to the country fair? What is a good curfew for when they shouldn't be impacting neighbors with drum circles and amplified music, cheering, whatever it is that happens there? Uh, one year it was bullhorns. <laughs> and I don't know why somebody was using a bullhorn to, to lead chants and stuff like that at one of the campsites. But that was an issue. Um So
1: and I've got a question for you. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of codes and stuff, as I'm looking over some of the pictures and stuff in the fairs and ordinances, um, you know, dress codes per se. um, And of course, the ultimate question is, is why is the people that run around naked are the people you never want to see naked?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, the one you know, and that's that's part of fair. But The one that got me is, is I saw several pictures, and, and people were good enough to take the pictures from behind, so all they kind of showed were buns. But apparently there was some gentleman that rode his bicycle to the fair on Friday when it was backed up so everybody could get pictures of this gentleman naked on a bicycle. Now, one, I can't imagine anything more uncomfortable than riding a bicycle naked.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you hope the chain doesn't break.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, but uh, this gentleman rode to the fair naked, and I and but you know, under Oregon law, that's actually not illegal. You know, the, one of the things that, that's a fascinating piece of Oregon law, and I and I and I know this from being a commissioner. Um, nudity is actually not illegal in Oregon, as long as it's not with the intent to arouse.
1: Code is different um eugene i want to make sure stop it, it public, but springfield You can't
0: yeah
1: with um saying but not the intent of arousal etc
0: yeah actually and a lot of those city codes have been been determined to be um unconstitutional yeah um there was actually a lawsuit uh, between a city up outside of portland and um a bar um that had naked dancers about their ability to be totally naked and, uh, the bar won. And it was a, it was a you know, first amendment, uh, argument, uh, and a freedom of expression argument under uh, the Oregon constitution and the state Supreme court ruled in favor of the bar that it was a protected, you know, being naked is protected speech and, and expression, you know, Artistic expression, I guess, or something, and they were not able to regulate that. So, you know, there may be some city codes about nudity, um, but they they could be easily challenged under Oregon law. So, it isn't actually illegal to be naked in Oregon. It's just illegal to um, do it with intent to arouse or or stimulate. I forget how they there's there's a there's a limitation to it. So, the guy that's flashing kids like the idiot uh, uh, temporary park ranger for the state of Oregon that got arrested by our sheriff's department yesterday um, that was flashing underage kids in parks. That's not legal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of what were you thinking?
1: Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, no, I can't say what I'm thinking on here
0: <laughs> speaking of what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw the the you know the 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 uh um, the news bulletin that came out of our sheriff's department on that one and all I could do is shake my head. It's like, really you thought that was going to end well?
1: <laughs> yeah, I just feel sorry for the officer that had to deal with that.
0: Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. All right, I just found out who that was. That was the mole guy. (laughs) Speaking (laughs) of that, uh, my mole problem got so bad this year, I hired somebody to trap the moles. Um, And uh, it comes about once a week, and and it's either Tuesdays or Wednesdays sometimes. And apparently, he was here this afternoon. I didn't realize he was out there, and he was knocking to tell me that he caught two more. (laughs) All (laughs) right.
1: I got
0: a check from Elizabeth. So, rats and moles on the Bo's Nose Show.
1: We talk about anything here.
0: Yes, public nudity and rats. Yes. Ooh, that one doesn't go together very well. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> Moving right along.
0: Moving right along. Yes.
1: We don't have to be totally serious all the time.
0: Yes, yes. It is fair week, whether yeah. it's Country fair yeah we're, or the or the county fair things get a little weird in the state of, of Lane County
1: <laughs> We're okay with that
0: we're okay with that yeah, you because know, we are you know we keep Oregon weird um, and uh, that's okay so, and
1: county. <laughs> and, uh, we're
0: okay with that you know, cause we are you know we keep Oregon weird um, and uh, that's okay.
1: Yeah, try and put the closing music in there, but apparently it's not wanting to cooperate.
0: Yeah, and I'm getting a a hell of a delayed repeat uh, on my end, so I must really be behind on my uh, internet connection here. So I guess it's about time to close up the Bose Nose Show for today, and maybe we won't do it with closing music, but. I wanna thank everybody for listening. I know today's program was a little bit on the odd side. Maybe we'll be back to more normal topics next week because we'll be back to business at the board. We were down this week because it is the National Association for Counties uh, annual meeting in, uh, I think it was in Memphis, Tennessee this year. So uh, a lot of people were back east for that. Some of our commissioners were back there. So that's why we didn't have a commissioner's meeting this week. Uh, we got a full schedule next week, so there may be plenty to talk about next week on the Bo's Nose Show,
1: where we come to you
0: live from beautiful downtown Elmira. Thank you for listening to Bo's Nose Show. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great week. Go to the county fair.